Okay, welcome everyone to the H Training Podcast. This is our inaugural um, broadcast. We're going to be doing these quite regularly going forward, but what we wanted to talk to you about today was competency-based interviews. My name is Kieran Howrican, and with me I have... Helen Howrican. Helen is the founder of H Training, and she's also my esteemed colleague and happens to be my mother as well. Um, we have quite a lot of experience working in the field of competency-based interviews, um, Helen, talk to us about your involvement with the public sector and the adoption of the competency-based framework. Okay, well, I started um, on the competency-based framework many years ago when the Strategic Management Initiative was being introduced for the civil service. It was the late 1990s. And what it was really doing then was getting people to look in that in addition to their experience and education, we were looking for other um, behaviours and skills like how to deliver results and how to lead people, how to bring people with you. And it was a much more comprehensive approach to promotion. Everything in the civil service, of course, we have to understand is leadership. So every role a person is going for is it's an, a higher leader, first line, middle or senior. So all of these um, skills are important. So knowing and doing as a leader is a very important aspect. Great. And I think it's also important to kind of highlight there as well that it's not just the public sector that's doing competency based interviews. There's been a huge no. shift in private industry. That's right. Yes. We spent some time talking about um, formerly Ernest & Young EY, how just two years ago they very boldly announced that they're withdrawing the requirement that you have a degree um for your for your interviews or or to go work there this requirement has been excluded now this is a very big statement ey are a serious company they're one of the big four they're a blue chipper them saying that you don't need a degree qualification to come work them says an awful lot now what we're getting at here i think is that it's education is very important and don't get me wrong both helen and i are very passionate about education but there's a shift more towards ability behavior demonstrating how you work so anybody can wave a piece of paper in your face and say i'm disqualified and i'm that qualified but can you translate your education and your knowledge into performance yeah and i've worked in the education system for before i started h training and i really would um applaud the talent in the education mm. system for providing um really good skill-based courses but everybody that emerges with a degree have different personalities and different behaviors different attitudes and also a different conviction and commitment so it's how you're applying so it's not the having it's the not having and it's the applying that makes the difference uh, in an in a competency interview. Excellent. Okay, so what we want to do is we want to give our listeners a chance to improve their ability to get hired um, using a competency-based interview. Um, and in that, we, we maybe will just talk a little bit about competencies first. Helen, tell us about a competency. What is a competency? Well, a competency is a practical application of... Um, your ability to deliver a result. So first of all, you have to know what, what, what's the context, you know, what is the purpose of what you're doing? I think sometimes people don't understand the purpose of what they're doing. So obviously our strategic business plans, strategic statements of strategy are all very important, particularly at senior level in this area. And then after that, it's how you do it. So you could have a person who knows a lot, but can they practically deliver in a sequential way so they don't get overwhelmed, they don't lose track, and they can deliver a result within their section. Okay, so 
a lot of people, a lot of the, what are the common kind of things that people coming for interviews tell you? I suppose just from my perspective, what I hear an awful lot is it's been 10 years since I've had an interview. It's been 20 years since I've had an interview. I'm in the same role most of my career. Uh, Nerves is also quite a big one. Um, Something else. What's your experience? Yeah, well, I think my experiences would be very like that. 20 years, 10 years, ages since I've done an interview. They're all different now. And I think we're very influenced by the academic model. We learn and we write and we're all educated to write. And an interview is completely different to that. Mm. We, We have to actually demonstrate we don't know what questions we will be asked so we have to be able to naturally defend almost what we're saying and this is evidence-based I think a lot of things in society have become evidence-based because you have to give evidence of what you've done as an indication of what you can do in the future and I think that's really the critical part of all of this brilliant so Really, I suppose, and getting back to kind of the public sector stuff and maybe some of the enclave stuff that we've talked about and we've discussed, it, it's also important here, I think, to point out that we, we train interview boards. And Helen, you've probably done the lion's share of that work. Yes, and I do think that um, it's a big challenge for organisations to get effective interview, bo- uh, interview boards up and running. Obviously, people are either working, they're retired. There isn't a whole pile of time. And I have been involved with a, a number of major organisations in the development of skills for interview boards. Because what they really need to do is obviously be fair and work within the law, which is very straightforward. But they also need to find uh, to be able to hear demonstration and be able to distinguish good demonstration Mm. from not so good demonstration. Excellent. And you see, I suppose what the competency based framework also attempts to do and tell me if you agree with this or not, is stop is not give someone a role based on who they know. We're trying to cut out that nepotism element. Okay, we're trying to say. On the day, everybody is starting from zero. Yeah. Here's our baseline. Here's our competencies. It's not about that you're friendlier with me than you're friendlier with this person. Now, Ireland is a small place. Sometimes some yeah. divisions of the public sector are, are quite small as well. People will always know each other. We train people actively to try and maintain their objectivity. Yes. And are they sticking with the competency on the day? Now... Would it be a bit of a fantasy to imagine well, that we've I completely think, eradicated? Yeah, um, I think there nepotism? definitely is a very committed um, effort, particularly in the public sector and in obviously the private sector as well, to to be fair and to be transparent. And obviously, you know, there's legislation governing uh, interviews. But I think that what can happen is that they need to be able to communicate that confidence and robustness of their system particularly their marking system to candidates because if candidates see um, discrepancies in what they get back it can actually affect a very sort of maybe genuine interview board objective but because the marking scheme was not robust enough and wasn't transparent enough and consistent enough it it led to two people sitting beside each other being able to see a flaw Mm. and i think that that's something that we have to avoid i would really encourage interview boards to develop and i can assist them in this area a robust marking scheme so we're being very clear about what are we looking for how are we grading what we're looking for um i mean recently with one of our partners i advised them in the construction of their um interview process and it it was competency based and it was demonstrations they're they're affiliated with google themselves and google have a very rigorous process of interview um there's there's quite a lot you have to get through to be hired with them and 
I think the other point that you're making there along the lines of the competency structure is one of the commonalities I find with, with our clients is some people have kind of lost faith in the system. Yes. There's this sense that I'm sure this is sewn up already. Yeah. Somebody's cousin or somebody's yeah. niece, they're going to get the role. And sometimes if you're, if you're going into an interview, first of all, with that mentality, forget about it. I think it's less now, though, that way of cousins and relations, because that wouldn't happen really in the public sector. I think maybe in private sector, it might be more prevalent. But I do think that favoritism can come in i mean bias is a big area of development we're mm. all biased and i think there takes maybe a little bit longer for an interview board particularly if a person has been doing the older fashioned test of knowledge for a long time to change into the new one and i have found that challenge for interview boards so they have to ask the questions they ha- it's not a right or wrong answer and they have to give proper feedback Okay. You know, that that is robust and fair and is seen as fair. A lot of the time what you get is this kind of benign feedback that people can't really use very much in, in developing. Yeah, well on that on that point I think it's a very good point you're making, Kiron, because I would say it's not the role of the interview board to advise somebody. But if I'm sitting beside you and I get good and I get eighty six and you're on the other desk beside me and you get very good and you get forty five we already have an anomaly mm. and the, the language. And even that, I just think they give them one area because it's not the role to go into advising somebody. But if I have that feedback, no more than if you have that feedback, I can see where an interview board is coming from and I can advise a candidate on where they need to maybe um, perform better. And then, of course, you know, we have to always understand that an interview is like the game of golf. It's are you good on the day? It's all about the competition on the day. Mm, and I mean, that's the performance element you mentioned that there as well. And that's yeah. something it is a performance. You are getting up in yes. front of a board. You do have to perform on the day. Some people don't like to hear that. Yes. There's a nerves element. Now, we work with people a lot in that vein. We use different visualization techniques. We've also we're big proponents of mindfulness. Um, yes. You know, I suppose the, the key point in that is that nerves are not going to go away often. You know, and I think this is where people get into trouble as they try to scrub away the anxiety. It's more that the anxiety is there, but I'm going to continue. Yeah, and I think I think you have a very, very um, wealth of um, experience in helping people to do that. And I know they do comment to me, Kiron, about the, the, the particular expertise you have in helping people to be confident. I come at it from maybe... Um, a, a, a different angle but I also feel that an awful lot of people pick up a bad message and run with it for all their lives and mm. sometimes what I try to do is to break that back down into who you're believing and what's the evidence and we're back again to evidence you know it's mm. competency really absolutely so can you demonstrate to me on the day um okay we want to give people some tips that they can take away with them okay okay what what do you think so give us a couple of examples of a competency let's say you you deal a lot with people at a strategic level strategic leadership competencies what what are we looking for what's a few pointers you can give people along those well you need to know you need to have a vision for the organization you're working for whether it's government department or if it's an or a private sector or multinational organization you need to know what the what the objective of the of the actual organization is i'm amazed at how many people don't know that they might have the terminology but do they actually know and can they actually be um, kind of 
innovative in what they're bringing. So can they bring new ideas to push that agenda? Because that's really the key factor for everybody at a strategic. So that's middle senior level. Okay, excellent. One thing that I kind of find as well, though, is that people will sometimes say that they've done something without telling us how. So let's say, for example, I mean, we both, Helen has a HR background, we're both coaches. So obviously we would focus very much on the interpersonal capacity that people have. Um, what I find in this sense is that a lot of the times people very technically minded or people very, very competent around detail, they tend to skim over the interpersonal. And what I mean by interpersonal sometimes is these are the sticky emotions, the difficult conversations, irate colleagues or customers, um, conflict. How do you address that? How do you bring people with you and how do you alleviate it? Some people will say there was this difficulty. I spoke with them and it was fine. That's not enough. We want to know, okay, you spoke with them. What did you say? How did you speak with them? Did you remain undefended? Did you listen to them? Did you allow allow them speak, acknowledge you heard what they were coming for and support them to make, to take steps um, around solutions? Yeah building into where you want to go a lot of people tend to skim over this i've seen some really highly qualified people like for example the un recently has adopted the competency-based framework i've worked with a few candidates going for interview within the un and they're they're that's united nations for those of you who don't know um really really capable people but sometimes it's it's that little nuance that they just brush over that they don't get into um, I also think that um, that's a very uh, important point. There is equally then the people who have all of the emotional intelligence. And, um, you know, I started off in the finance section and worked in marketing for a while as well. So I do feel the balance. And I do think what Kiron is saying is very well. We can have people on extremely logical mindset and we do personality profiles around this to help people to understand themselves and where their development is starting. And then you have the person who is very emotional, uh, very obliging, um, very maybe submissive even in a in a situation. And these are areas that they nearly they need. You know, education won't do it all. Now there are roles where your 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 absolute technical skill could be sixty percent, but everyone has to work with people. And at the end of the day, there are less and less roles where you can work in isolation of others. So, like Kiron is saying, the interpersonal and how you deal with conflict is a really important area. And the worst thing to say in an interview is I've never dealt with conflict. I got on with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think as well, you could be talking directly, all, all the IT geeks out there um, who I've worked with, incredibly competent people, but sometimes they prefer computers, they prefer circuitry and networks to people. And that's okay, so long as you can know how to communicate when you need to. Exactly. So it's, it's kind of like the whole package we want people to be comprehensively fit. So it's like if I overwork one muscle and I don't work this muscle, then something's going to kind of, um, obviously there's going to be an imbalance. Okay, so that's about it. What we do, just so everyone is clear, is we work with people one-to-one. Um, it's really important to identify what Helen would call your edge, which is what's your specific advantage over the competition, okay? You're going into an interview, you have to think of it in terms of that. We want you to be to come out on top, we want you to be better than the competition. We cannot emphasize this enough. Now, a lot of the time, what I find, 
I don't know if you'll agree with this. Yeah. At times, you're not maybe allowed to be confident in this country or we're under-practiced yeah. at well, being Well, everyone confident. can have difficult experiences that they may not have ever recognised that they were another side to what somebody said to them. Or a bad experience with an interview also can be a really devastating experience for mm. people. Some of us take rejection lightly, others don't. And it's just, um, it might have kind of, copper fastened a belief, a core belief already existing that I'm not too good. And then an interview went wrong and it's kind of building sediment on sediment. And it's a really hardcore then. So we have to get over that and we have to kind of free up and take opportunities and go for opportunities because there is a huge talent shortage in our country at the moment. Absolutely. But I think... And we other... can help you there to get something. Absolutely. And But the other thing I would say is I think there's huge capacity an enormous ability. I'm, I'm regularly blown away by the calibre of candidates who come for interview coaching. And it's the very rewarding part of our role is meeting people who are don't realise how good they are and don't realise how competent they are. And we see quite a lot of walks of industry, both in training and with the people we do with interview coaching. And obviously we, we follow a lot of events happening. We're based in Cork and there's a huge buzz around Cork at the minute. It very much is a city rising, um, to borrow the city council's term. There's a lot happening down here and we have a lot of great people throughout this country. And I mean, even internationally, we're not just confined to Cork. We work with people across Skype, Google Hangouts, um, anywhere in the world. We're available for interview coaching. So and if you want that job. Yeah, it's an increasing aspect of our business now, the sort of um, uh, Google piece and the Hangouts and all of that type of thing. I do a lot of work through Skype. Uh, you were doing international work there recently. So it's 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 an internationally recognized um, um, competency area. You know, yeah. this competency is not just an Irish thing. It's Indeed. actually everywhere. Indeed. Um, OK, so I hope that was helpful. Um, and if you have problems, give us a call. Give us a call. We're on htraining.net. Um, our details are there. Get in touch um, and we can book you in. Sit down with us. We'll tell you or maybe support you to identify why you should get that role and why you're better and bolster that confidence. Um, and then hopefully you can hire us to do all the leadership training when you're successful. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you.